Hey, hey, Star Wars fans, it's Gary here from Spark of Rebellion, and we would love for you to listen to all of our brand new episodes when they land every single Saturday. Make sure you follow us on your podcast app of choice or pop over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash listen. If you like the show and you want to support us, you can do that via our Patreon. Just head over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash Patreon and come and join our other patrons. And thank you so much for your continued support. Now, may the force be with you and on to this week's Spark of Rebellion. Hello there. Hello there and welcome to Spark of Rebellion. This is episode 135 and your weekly Star Wars podcast. Hope you're keeping safe and well. My name's Gary, one of your hosts for this week. And joining me is, I think, the only other guy in the galaxy that knew that bypassing the compressor would have put the Falcon back into hyperspace. So he's just that clever. He's the clever guy behind Spark of Rebellion. It's Mr. Mark. How you doing, dude? Can't believe they added a compressor. Weird, isn't it? What do they know? Very weird. That's kids. I'm all right, thanks though, dude. Uh, thanks for covering last week as well. I was, uh, it was the boss's birthday, wasn't it? I was away. Um, so I appreciate it as always. Uh, yeah, I know you don't enjoy it as much because it's, you know, it's all cute and that when we're together. But I appreciate it. Yeah, it's difficult as well. It's difficult <laughs> because uh, there's no dead wood usually. <laughs> so um. Yeah, otherwise it's just me chanking on <laughs> and our dear listeners probably like, come on, Gary, wrap this up. We know how you feel about this new story. Let's just get on with it. Oh, God, he's repeating himself to fill the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't yeah. even have a sponsor to please. Why is he doing this? <laughs> Strange, isn't it? Solo podcasting, it's weird. I mean, you've got it down to a fine art now because you do well, your own one. You know, it's pretty good. I quite like it. Yeah, it's a weird thing. Um and I, but I also do like, um, like this collab stuff's good because you can back and forth. But I also, I've done a couple of interview ones recently um, for this new season that you and me are recording after this, actually, um, which is a very different thing as well because you've got to step back. You know what I mean? you just got to drop a question then bail and let the person that you've actually got on to talk. So there's loads of different, I don't know, it's weird. It's not just podcasting is not all one thing. You know, you, you, you've got to, you've got to mix it up a little bit, but no, nah, I don't mind a solo. The trouble with the solo one is, unlike you, I don't feel like I can take a breath, so I never stop. <laughs> you do. It's just very quick talking for 20 minutes, roughly. Mm. And I'm a quick talker anyway. Like my brain works quick, so I'm just like, right. <laughs> Cheers. Our dear listener will know this, if you're a mm. long-time listener. Yes, you are. Like, Jesus, Mark. Slow down. Slow down. Just slow down. Just take a breath, all right? The microphone's not going to run away. Just easy. <laughs> yeah, we never know. <laughs> my mum used to say it to me when I used to rush my dinner. It's not going to get oh, off of the table and run away. Just calm down. And then one day it did. And you're like, I fucking told you. I told I you I told you, mum. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it would. What did I tell you? Yeah, see? Brilliant. Brilliant indeedy. Right, for episode 135 <laughs> then. We've got a little bit of news to get through. It's not going to be a long show this week. I think we've got... Uh, the thing oh, is, is with Star Wars is that... What are you saying that for? Well, it, normally it comes across as we've got bags and bags of, of stuff to talk about. And usually it's like that. But the thing is, we don't want to get caught up on a few of these news stories. So we've got a little bit of casting news to get through. I didn't want to talk about the Sabine Wren stuff until you were back, because I know you've got some cool thoughts on that. 
But then we've got some other bits that are just like, yeah, you know, this show's no longer going and a couple of fan theories and stuff like that. You know, we don't really sort of dive into the whole ridiculous theory too much. We just take it for comedy value. So who knows? Have a little laugh with it. Yeah. Who knows? But we have but got last time to, you said that, though, uh, yeah. I don't want to jump in, but last time you said that, we ran on for longer than normal. Last time you were like, oh, this will be a quick show. That's and true, we isn't it? for ages. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Looked a right dick in the end, didn't you? It was like an hour and 25. Or now, no, so an hour and 15 or something. We were like, hmm. Yeah, I thought that was going to be a 30-minute show. Get him out. Get him out. Uh, yeah. So what are you? What have we been doing this week in, in Star Wars, what have, you been, what have you been up to? I know I saw on the video, for you listening that's not listening on video, Gaz was just about to take a, a, a sip of his cuppa. So now I'm going to ask him what he's been up to this week in Star Wars, just <laughs> so his cuppa gets more tepid. Tepid, I love that word. Mm. I don't know why. Uh, lukewarm yes. on it myself. Lukewarm. You're welcome. See you later. Uh, what did you ask? What I've been up to is Star wars um, Yeah. Nothing did. No, what, no, nothing at all. No Star Warsy stuff for me. Um, the only no. thing I have done is kind of get a little bit. Listen, you will know what I mean by this. You know when you've talked about you've talked yourself out of buying something for a while. It's like, yeah, oh yeah, I don't need it. I don't need it. Gaz, you need it. I don't need it. Gaz, you need that. I don't. Just <laughs> shut up. So it's been like that. And last week's show, I spoke about a bunch of, um, you know, Lego stuff and. Anthony, Anthony Daniels himself was there, you know, repping the Dude. old ATAT and stuff. You remember that? Is that's what it was? Sorry to interrupt. I am so sorry, but I was about two hundred yards away from Anthony Daniels at Lego store and didn't fucking know. Huh? I was because you know I was away last week, wasn't I? Oh, of course you were. Yeah, you were down there, weren't you? Yeah. I was at Hedden Street Kitchen, right, which for Sam's birthday, which is two hundred yards away from where that was. And I got back to the hotel because Sam, obviously pregnant, back was hurting, got to about half nine, ten o'clock. I was like, right, we'll get back to the hotel. You get a bath because you're hurting. Got back. She's in the bath. I had a quick gander on Instagram. Anthony Daniels at the bloody Lego store. I'm like, you are joking me. You should have gone around there, had a selfie with him. I was going to do, but I didn't bloody know. Forgot. He, he had a beautiful gold sparkly jacket <sighs> on and everything. <laughs> anyway. Pissed off, mate. Lego. That's what I am. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm angry, yeah? <laughs> and not because I didn't see Annie Daniels, but, you know. So last week, I spoke about that Lego stuff. And then I started, I do this all the time. Whenever you mention Lego as well, mm. sometimes Mark will just message me out the blue and say, dude, this Lego's freaking sweet, or I've picked up this wicked stand for my Lego. It looks great. And that always sets me off on this thing, like, I need more Lego. And I don't. I never <laughs> need more Lego. But there's this little voice in my head that's like, guys, you need more Lego. So I'll be looking at a few sets I might pick up post-Christmas. I might treat myself to a little Crimbo thing. Uh, but I put it on Twitter a few days ago, actually. There's a really cool ATAT set that I've got my eyes on. Mm. It's not the UCS one. It's not the 700 bucks, 700 quid one. It's a, it's a reasonable £100, which I think is a nice little Crimbo present to me amount. Yeah. So I might look at that, yeah. dude. I might pick that up to treat myself. But other than that, I've not done anything... Not dived into anything Star Wars. What about you? Yeah, it's all right. That uh, that set. I saw you post that. So it's a, it's a, a veritable bargain. And I think that's probably going to drop in price after Christmas because of this new one as well. Um, I reckon that'll be a bit of a steal when it uh, when you finally pick it up, dude. Um, this week, what I've been doing? Well, I'm I'm now a quarter of the way through the third Throne book. So last since last time we spoke, I've uh, I've nearly finished that trilogy off, which is which is interesting. And What's the name the of the third th- one? Sorry. What's the name of this third L- one? Last Command. Okay. Hmm. 
Um, which I weirdly want to talk about for two seconds because I got this, um, I got this tweet from people bringing uh, some a project that is bringing back um, an old Star Wars game. I'll not mention it now because I want to do it. I want to bring it up properly on the show. But I got this uh, DM from them on Twitter saying, "Would you and Gaz be interested in in uh, in, in featuring us on the show or doing a bit of an interview?" And I was like, "Yeah, probably. Just send me an email." So I get this email from Taron Card the Star Wars character, the day that I started reading Last Command, and I'm like, shit, someone's watching me, what is... <laughs> and then I read it, I was like, oh, it's these guys, why the... Out of all the names that they picked, because in this game, he's just a bit, you know, he's a bolted on, <laughs> added later character. I messaged him, I was like, dude, I thought I was under like FBI surveillance or some shit. Um, <laughs> so that's what I've been doing. I, was, I couldn't believe it. I was like, what? Of all the names... Um, so I'm through, yeah, last command, dude. And then I've also got the la- lesser evil through the post as well the other day, the the latest, the last book in the latest Throne trilogy, which I'm, I know we'll be talking about later. But um, so I've got that, I've got that through um, as well, which is, uh, which is interesting. So yeah, I've just been reading the Throne stuff, dude. And I've got to say, still not as much of a fan of, of the old Throne stuff as the newer stuff. I might be jaded, but dude, it relies so much on uh, the films and I know it's it's nice to call back to it but dude it relies so much on it like oh this situation is just like that one on Endor oh this is the line that Han said in Empire Strikes Back oh remember that time that we did that thing at Yavin like it's all, it, that is all that all the time yeah. which is sort of doing yeah. my head in it's heavy exposition stuff with the old throne it, it relies <clears throat> on a lot of backstory reminders as to why he's it doing does. something. Yeah, yeah. I read you. But also like just real just relating current situations. You know, whether the new stuff and, and I think like even the, the stuff on the later trilogy, you know, it's explaining the ascendancy and it's explaining the unknown regions. So you, there's nothing to rely on. That's not like, oh look, the unknown regions are like Tatooine. Whereas this one, it's every situation that someone else finds someone finds themselves in, it's like, and this is similar to how it was on Hoth. Like you don't just you don't need to do that. Like just do something new, you know. So that was that's a little bit frustrating. However, I am trying to put myself in that frame of mind that nothing else existed when these came out. So I am still trying to. I'm just trying to get over that a little bit. Yeah, exactly, dude. Yeah, you have to. Um, you don't have to, but it helps to uh, to just have that switch in your mind. Like mm. I've gone back in time, and all that was there were the films. You know, it's the same How thing. How do you like? That. Go on, sorry. It's the same thing with like Heir to the Empire and some of those older, big, famous mm. EU books. You know, there was nothing else to go on, so you just use that as your base, and then you riff off of that. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. And like, I don't know how you handle this, um, but I imagine it's the same as you do with like um, DC and Marvel, and especially based on what's coming up, you know, in the Spider-Man universe. But like, do you in your head is Legends and Canon two different? universes quote-unquote universe is that how do you make the distinction because that's what i do i'm like all right that's that universe these rules that's that universe these rules similar to like i said you know todd mcguire andrew garfield tom holland or michael keaton ban affleck that's that's how my brain works with that i don't know if anyone else does that yeah do you mean like a very clear distinct line as in everything yeah 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 yeah, yeah. no i'm the same just dude. to keep it yeah. organized in your head yes yeah otherwise um it's like a pick a mix you can just pick various bits out of the canon and if you do that your brain almost fools you at times you'll be talking to somebody about star wars with something and they'll be like guys what are you talking about that's not canon and you're like oh yeah it's not that 
yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. it's that thing that I thought was canon in that EU book that I've mistakenly thought is canon in this proper universe sort of thing. So, yeah, unfortunately, these days in the, the world of big franchises and multiverses, you have to have a little bit of a, a bit of self-discipline to know that, right, okay, bit of study. That's canon. That's not, yeah, yeah. that's not proper uh, canon. Uh, that's, you know what I mean? It's tough. It's tough in it as well because, like, it's, for me, it's always about like characters and how they're acting. Um, you know, and like for example, this Thrawn is different. There's clearly a different version of Thrawn, different personality slightly to the Thrawn that's in ca- canon at the minute. Um, you know, still very genius, still very good at what he does, but he's 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 not quite as cool and calculating. And I'm sort of so in my mind, I'm like, well, that doesn't sound like Thrawn. So then I have to I have to have that demarcation reminder. Well, no, it is. It's just this. Like the easiest one is like a variant, you know, in Loki in the multiverse. Oh, this is just variant one of Thrawn, and you know. So it's and it weird because think back to back in those days when this was out, Air to the Empire was out, and Last Command and and whatever the Dark Force and all that stuff. There was none of that. It was just one thing for everything. You know, even multiverses were relatively new with uh, Crisis and you know the the, the Marvel stuff. So it's just. It's just blown up, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, and I think as storytellers, I've got more mature and not, not mature as people, but their technique mm. of telling stories has matured around the whole multiverse thing, and everyone's doing it now. Everybody, like I think, even Doctor Who's going to drift into that multiverse stuff in the next year or two. Oh, really? Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think it's just more of that. But then, yeah, it comes with a danger that as the viewer or the reader or the listener, whatever, you do have to. Pains me to say it, but you do have to have a little bit of a. A sort of academic mind about that kind of thing because otherwise you, you'll get lost absolutely you'll get mm. especially with something like star wars over the years as those things have developed it's uh it can be a bit of a minefield yeah it is interesting that as well actually and just to finish up on that one i i also think that probably um audiences have become more mature about things because like if you think back to dc they used to kick off about now smallville can't use green lantern and it's got to be the bart allen flash it can't possibly be barry allen because you know we want to save them for the movies and you know the 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 audience aren't going to get it and then suddenly you know crisis on infinite earth which is on the cw has got ezra miller's flash with grant gustin's flash and you know, the, the, the audience, I feel like they just give audiences a bit more credit, which if they'd have done that a few years ago, who knows what the hell would have had. Um, mm. So I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by that, like maturity of the audience and their appetite for this complexity of things. Like if you think about comic books and even Star Wars and stuff, I think they were always seen. And, and especially when you write the words graphic novel, like they were always seen as, oh yeah, but why are you reading those? They're for kids. Like, no, they're not. They're just stories that happen to be illustrated. That The stories are as you know, complex and as mature as anything else. But now it seems that everyone is understanding that they can be to that level of complexity. The, the audiences have caught up to it, like the general audience, not just us, the geeks. Dude, that's one of the things that I can't stand about uh, either comic books or video games, you know. Mm. I know we're digressing hugely. Sorry, Star Wars listener. But this whole stigma that's still attached to comics and video games, it really does my bloody beacon, you know? Yeah. It's like, you you know, a lot of people, like my dad's like it. My, my dad's completely like this. You know, he'll come round and he'll see, like, the comics and graphic novels on his shelf and be like, what are you reading them for, son? What are you, what are you reading them yeah. for? And I'm like, here we go. I'm like, dad, because I freaking want to, yeah? Simple as that. Because I like it. And he just yeah, doesn't get it. it. You know, it just doesn't compute in his head. He cannot get past that old school way of, you know... You should be reading a proper book, son. 
<laughs> you know, a proper yeah. book, you know. it's Here's a Haynes manual. Read it. <laughs> Here's an old Cortina Mark II Haynes manual. Change, change, go and, go and change me ahead on that. Go and change me that. Go and, put some spark plugs in, son. Then you're a man. You know, exactly, it's old school, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. My a mate of mine like did that. the same thing. <clears throat> showed him that like when we, we moved out, came around and just showed him around, had a brew with him and that. It was like, yeah, okay, I get it. You know, cool. And showed him like this, this office that's got a couple of the figures up and stuff. And it's like, I just don't get why you collect figures. I was like, dude, you collect fucking Liverpool football shirts. Like, what's the difference? Well, that's <laughs> proper though, isn't it? Oh, good. Well, glad you cleared that up. <laughs> Let's go get that brew. Glad you know we know I mean? what proper is. Yeah. Yeah. Put that on Wikipedia. What a life, sense. eh? What a life. Uh-huh. Anyway, just take the attitude that Mark and I do and many other people do. Just, you know, whatever. You don't yeah, like it? Do what you want. If you don't like it, the door's over there. Yeah? Yeah. Sorry, Dad. Love you and everything. No one, uh, but, you know. Yeah. Anyways, we've got some news to get through, dude. Oh, have we? Yeah, we have a little bit. I know it seems know. weird because we haven't spoken about anything really specifically Star Wars. But first one is, I want to pick your brain because I know you're... Uh, yeah, big time. Yeah, I was on a strict orders not to mention this. I was on NDA last week. But Gaz, if you mention this, it's we're done. Yeah, don't do it, yeah. We're done. So, yeah. The upcoming um, Ahsoka Tano show that's getting a bit of traction at the minute. Last few weeks, there's been a bit mm. more news pop up about stuff to do with that. And we were wondering on casting and stuff like that outside of Rosario Dawson. So now, Sabine Wren, one of the uh, very cool characters from Star Wars Rebels that will, of course, be appearing in the Ahsoka series, has now been cast. And it's from... The the, the actress is from a show that I don't actually watch, but you might watch it, I'm not sure. But um, Natasha Lee Bordizo will play the role of Sabine Wren, and she's from uh, a very popular show, so I'm told, called um, called something... Called something, dude. Good. What's good it prep. called? What's it called? That show. Internet. The internet. Don't know. Yeah. Don't watch it. I'll come on to it in a second. But what are your thoughts on this, dude? Because <laughs> yeah, you wanted to talk about it. Um, I wanted to talk about it in context of like some of the other news around Ezra and Thrawn, which is is one of the next stories as well. Um, yeah, <clears throat> I don't think it's a surprise at all, but I'm I'm interested in it because it's um, it's certainly not a surprise, uh, and it, it, I. I I'm just fascinated that it's back to what we were just talking about, the world that we live in, that these things can happen, that a character can traverse comics and movies and TV. And the cast in the calibre of stars that would appear in movies as well. Like there is absolutely no doubt that Rosario Dawson or Pedro Pascal, and as we know, Tamura Morrison, there's no doubt that that they are movie calibre. And that if they showed up in a in a in a in a IMAX theater level movie, you wouldn't go. They're off the TV. You know, it's it's like uh, you know Daredevil or you know uh, any of those kind of Marvel characters. They don't look out of place on anything. And I think this is fascinating. I just think it's a sign of the times. I think it's brilliant. I think it's really good. And she, I've never, I don't know what she's in. I've not watched a TV show, but she she's a dead ringer for the drawing of Sabine. Like she really is, which is really weird. The drawing. Um, the drawing. Um, so no, I'm up for it, man. And I think it, you know, it, it then alludes to, do you get a Harrison Duller? Do you get the little kid? Uh, who's probably going to be five, six years old now, maybe a little bit older. Um, Ken and Jarris, do you get, um, 
Do you get Captain Rex back? Is Tamira Morrison just going to be like the busiest guy in Star Wars for the next five years? Um, I don't see how you can do Ahsoka without Rex at mm. least being mentioned because he's all over the Bad Batch. You know, I think it's all strategically planned. Um, I don't know if you've seen Hawkeye at all yet, but, you know, spoilers, there's clearly a character coming back from one of the other TV shows that is coming back with what appears to be his arch nemesis reappearing on the movie screen in a couple of weeks time as well. And like, this is the same sort of thing. The timing is really like, it seems very clear, you know, it's all clone. It's all Mandalorian. It's all throne. It's all that stuff. So it's like, that's the saga that they're picking up. So yeah, I'm, I'm good with this, man. I don't much, not much about this actress. I'm sure she's great. She certainly looks the part and, um, I'm fascinated by this Ahsoka show. Yeah, I think it's going to be. Um, I think it's going to be up there in terms of popularity, not just because of the character. She's got such a big fan base, but I truly think that there are so many opportunities within that show to link mm. other things that we've seen around the Mandalorian and stuff that they haven't had time to do in the Mandalorian. Some other characters like Ezra and Thrawn and some of those other bits. Mm. So I can't wait for it. I think it's going to be a real, a, a, a real good one to get your teeth into. I think it's going to have a bit more a bit more lore around it that we've not seen in the Mandalorian. Mm. Cause for obvious reasons that's focused on um, the Mandalorian character itself and the relationship with Grogu. And that's, that was a really cool isolated story and they kind of pinched a little bit from other bits of star Wars as they went along, but it was effectively about that. Whereas I think the Ahsoka thing's going to have, it's going to rely more on other characters, not just her, mm. which is going to be cool. And uh, uh, apologies before the, 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 the popular show that uh, Natasha is from is The Society. So I've heard of Never it, but I've not it. seen it. Yeah, mm. but apparently it's very good. Uh, dude, I'm a little bit, um, not I wouldn't say miffed, but although this actress does look the part, absolutely, I do feel like they probably could have just got the voice actress for Sabine, um, Tia Serkar, to play this, because she's a, a you know big TV and movie star in her own right. You know, she could have she could have done this with her eyes shut. I think. Yeah, that's a sweet point, actually, dude. And and she looks the part as well. Mm. You know, she's she actually she looks just as, you know, they're both very different looking people, but they look very very close to the character. You can you can you can. It's like when you can see your mum and your dad in a kid. You know, they don't quite they're not the exact same, but you can see resemblances of both of them. And that that that's the same for this. Um, yeah, I know what you're saying on that. Actually. I never thought of that, man. Um, I think you make a great point about Ahsoka being full of lore, but also being able to tell a, a standalone tale. What she's actually, it got me thinking, she's actually one of the few characters that is like a glue character. There are always these glue characters, and they're always like, even in friends groups, there are always, you know, there's like one group of friends and another group of friends. And they only ever come together if this one person is out drinking. You know what I mean? There's always that person. And there's always characters that do that, I think. You know, if you look at, like, Iron Man was the same in the MCU. Everything, without Iron Man, none of it could have happened. Um, Ahsoka feels like that for Star Wars right now because she's got such a... She's got a link to the old Jedi Order. She's got a link to the Skywalkers. But she's also got a link to the Mandalorian. She's got also got a link to the clones. She's got a link to the Rebellion. <clears throat> she's got a link to the Empire. Um, and it's, it's fascinating because she, I can't think of any other person, maybe outside of not even Obi-Wan because he, you know, 
He didn't have the latest of she's lived through it all. I just I can't think of any other character that has that straddles every facet of Star Wars right now. I honestly just can't. And she's like the glue that brings everything together. And then when you think when you think what the timing is, you know, five years after the fall of the, the Empire, when you think they brought Wayland in and Mount Tantis and all that stuff that you that you get in these throne books. Um, I, th- I just think it's interesting, man, how they've chosen some of that stuff from the old legends, but then used Ahsoka to glue it all together. Yeah, I think that's down to what you just said. She has links to all of those things, so it's easy mm. to it's easy to anchor those things off of her timeline as she's gone through and had links of all those things. But yeah, she's definitely a, a, a sort of a one-off. Well. It's rare. That I think the only other characters that you could link all that stuff to, but you wouldn't really want to make a show about them, is the droids, really. So C-3O, yeah. you know, R2 and 3PO, they've been through everything and they have a link to all the all the stuff, if you like, way back from when, you know, prequels and even before that. So, But then you wouldn't really want to show just about those two. We've done that with the animated stuff. It's a bit, yeah, you know, it's all right in small doses, but I don't think you'd want an entire series with them too. Yeah. Sorry if I've upset any yeah. any droid any any droid fans. <laughs> yeah, probably listen thinking, well, I actually would like that. So, see ya. <laughs> didn't happen in the end. <laughs> we had to let them go, didn't we? They were rubbish. They were rubbish. So anyway, <laughs> yeah, Natasha Lou uh, Bordizzo is going to play uh, Sabine Wren in the Ahsoka Tano upcoming TV show, uh, which we think is going to be twenty twenty three. Right? We think that's the the case. Yeah. I reckon so. Yeah, but it's, well, it's, it's going into pre-production. Is it soon? Which, and then there's all there's Mando to do. There's Obi Wan Kenobi to do. You know. Yeah, so I think it's going to be early 2023. Yeah, you'd think so, wouldn't you? Yeah. Talk about another show over on Disney Plus. It's now been confirmed as it's dead meat, dead in the water. <laughs> so dead back. meat. He's dead meat. What a saying. Classic. Oh, you're dead meat after school. All right, Dad, shut up, dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> Walk home on my own then. <laughs> He's dead meat. A bit like Rangers of the New Republic. Remember that? That was announced last year on one of those Disney uh, earnings calls or one of those announcement things where they put like a billion logos on that thousand foot screen and look at all the cool stuff we've got coming. We knew half of it was going to be canned. We knew it. Being God, Disney, in it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Rangers of the New Republic is one of those casualties. And uh, it's not surprising this one, to be honest with you, dude, because it was going to be based on Cara Dune. And we know that with her departure out of Disney, Gina Carano, that is, it's uh, it wasn't hard to put two and two together. So they couldn't really replace her character. That'd be silly. That'd be really silly. And we we spoke about some rumours. I think it was two or three weeks ago. We spoke about some rumours about could uh, Gina Carano come back to Star Wars? There's a meeting that's going to happen and they're going to bury the hatchet and, and all that stuff. But I can't see that happening, dude. But So yeah, Rangers of the of the New Republic. It was essentially centred around what did Cara Dune get up to before we met mm-hmm. her in The Mandalorian, basically. Joining the New Republic and, and all that jazz. So not a surprise this one, dude. No. I... <laughs> I think the frustrating part of this for me is not the fact that it's been cancelled. Don't don't really care. That was it was the one that I was least looking forward to. I think we said that when it was announced. The the thing that really just kind of annoys me with this is the the, the revelation that actually they didn't really have much. You know, they've said that in the articles. It's like I think Kathleen Kennedy's even said it out loud. We will probably retool some of this stuff for Mando season three. Like, fucking great, but. <laughs> 
you know, it's she, she basically said we didn't have really anything at all for this show. And that annoys me because that's the same crap that they pulled with all the movies. And it's that is for me, that is the big symptom of Star Wars being a part of Disney is that they shoot from the hip, they announce a load of shite, and then, you know, 30%, 40% of it, 50% of it comes to fruition. And it's just like, why stop doing that? Just announce the things that you know you're going to do, because we'll still be as impressed with three things as we would with six things if you pick the three things right. And that, I don't know, I, I don't like that. I think that's a silly way to engage with fans. I don't see that as being anything that long-term is going to breed trust, because all it's going to do is next Investor Day... Our next announcement will be like, oh, whatever, I'm not, <laughs> yeah, not that bothered about that. We'll just see what happens, you know, because who knows? You know, I, it feels it feels like a stupid way of doing things. And it's not like they just bought things. You know, when they announced this, it was last year, man. It wasn't like 2013. You know what I mean? I don't know. It seems stupid way to do things. Yeah. No, I totally agree, man. It's one of those it's age-old thing, isn't it? It's like... We all know the saying, don't we? It's like under commit, oh, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, under promise or whatever, you know, that saying uh, where you delight people with things that, oh, great, you, we knew we were going to get this as a minimum, but you've actually given us this and this is amazing. So it's like the opposite with those guys. It's like, you know, we're going to overcommit and just put all of the things in, knowing full well that probably not all of them are going to see the light of day. And it is bizarre that such a huge company like that would just let it go ahead anyway. Like, cause you're absolutely right. Kathleen Kennedy did say that we didn't even have any scripts. We didn't have really have much in the way of, of story. And what we do have is just going to be thrown into some future Mandalorian stuff. Mm. So even based on that, you'd have thought, well, why would you announce it as an upcoming show? Knowing that they literally had next to nothing to go on that, that part of it seems weird for, for a company of Disney's size anyway, like you can, in everyday life, in like small companies that you deal with, you know, you see that kind of thing sometimes and you're like, oh, okay, they haven't had the, you know, the, the, the time or the budget to do these things and it slipped and, you know, we might see it one day, whatever. But with a, a company like that, where you've got some of the biggest brains apparently in terms of filmmaking, marketing, storytelling, all of those things, all these facets that make, uh, you know, all coalesce to make these things should be industry leading stuff and all that lot you end up just, it feels really, it's like amateur hour is what I'm getting at. It feels really um, like you guys, this, this is your first rodeo. That's what it feels like. Yeah, yeah it does. And it, it, it feels, it just feels like they don't care about the fandom. And I think that's the thing that separates the Felonis from the Abrams and the, and, and I don't want to say Kathleen Kennedy because we don't know, but she always gets bashed. But from the people deciding things, you know, I feel like that's what separates those two sets of people. You know, that, and again, I don't want to perpetuate the, the whole, you know, there's a divide at Disney, dun, 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 Star Wars is in dire need of a new leader. I don't want any of that shite. don't want to perpetuate any of that. But there does seem to be two clear trains of thought. The people that are just, here's this thing that we're going to tell and the story, and we're going to interconnect it with all these characters that work, but we're going to take our time and we're going to do it well and we're going to cast it well and we're going to think about it and we're going to make sure that even though the other things exist around it, the story that we're telling is the main story that we're telling in this piece. Then there's the other ones that are just like, let's announce everything. And and, and it, it, it's, it's two, it feels like two separate thought processes. And they can, like I said, they can only dine out on that for so long before what you said, you know, first day at the rodeo, 
before fans start to think, ah, this is crap, you know, I'm not, I'm not in for this. Why aren't you learning? You know, they've only got so long they can do that. There's only so many times you can do what they've done. Um, Agreed. Am I bothered yep. that this is cancelled? Not really. Yeah, but it just doesn't, it just doesn't instill much confidence. No. In other stuff. Because they might announce something that sounds badass. Because this, this one you're saying, we weren't too bothered about it. So it's a bit lucky in that respect. But what if they announce something absolutely amazing? We were like, this is potentially going to be the best thing. And then they're like, nah, we've changed our mind now. That just yeah. instills like lack of confidence across everything. So, yeah, I can't see this happening on George Lucas's watch, dude. When he was around, this was like, are we doing this or not? No, then we don't announce it. Simple as yeah. that. Not on his well, watch. Exactly. Yeah. That's why he didn't do the bloody prequels for such a long time. You know, let's, let's be, he had to be ready for it. You know, he could have said, ah, I'm going to, he could have come out and gone, yeah, I'm going to do do some when <laughs> don't know yet exactly yeah and do you remember last year or the year before there was that video clip that leaked online that was the very very early screen tests of the first star wars tv show that he was going to do they oh yeah 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 do you remember they even got all the sets done and they had like a half an hour's yeah. worth of all that stuff even then he didn't commit and say a new star wars tv show is coming out blah you know whatever date it was like, let's yeah. get this nailed down first and see if we can do it, and then we'll tell people when it's coming. It seems to be the opposite now. Just throw everything, see if it sticks. Nah, no budget for that one, no story for that one. Get rid of it and carry on. Not good. No, yeah. no, it's not. not it's not a way to do things. Not at all. We don't do that around here, certainly. So, Kathy, <laughs> the office still open. We'll, we'll sort this out for you. Don't worry. I credit other comedians. Anyway, Rangers and the Republic, binned. No good. Dead. Let's get on to some fun stuff. Let's get on to some cool fan theories and stories and, and all this stuff. Go on, then. This one's been a, a, a confirmation from a new book about um, the uh, Starkiller base planet that appeared in The Force Awakens. For years, for years, for months after that release, everyone was saying, that planet rings a bell. Something about that planet. I don't just think it's... It's another Death Star-esque kind of thing. A lot of people had some theories around, well, this is probably the place where the Jedi go to get their kyber crystals. Rings a bell. We've seen this planet before. But nobody mm -hmm. said anything. Star Wars, Disney didn't come out and say, yeah, you're right, guys. Which is ironic, really, because if they probably did that in things like The Rise of Skywalker, there wouldn't be as much mm. shit you know, around that. But anyway, they didn't come out and say anything. They just let fans run with it, all the rest of it. But now it's confirmed that planet is in fact Ilum that was seen in The Force Awakens and then again a little bit in the Fallen Order video game, which is kind of cool. And it all links into this thing around did the Emperor plan all this all the way through. So we know that apparently the first two Death Stars, they were based on, you know, their main primary power source was the kyber crystals, like these huge kyber crystals that they used from the planet Ilum. And then when it came around to doing the Fallen Order, which we now know that Palpatine was still pulling the strings from behind the scenes and all that stuff. It was like, well, we haven't got, well, we maybe haven't got the time and budget to build another planet-sized battle station. So why don't we just terraform Ilum, turn it into a huge weapon? All the kyber crystals already in the planet's core, jobs are good. And so now that's been confirmed which is kind of cool so uh star wars the rise of skywalker visual dictionary Do you remember those books those visual dictionary mm. things i think they're dk books um they basically said yes uh ilum and star killer base were one and the same thing so there you go it's now canon it's done ilum 
is the place. Yeah. Yeah, it's quite a nice thing to that they've confirmed it. It was always it's it's one of those kind of weird, like you said, things. If they'd have just said it up front, we'd have got a lot more buy-in. Yeah. I just yeah. say it. Like that's what fans like they're not figured out that that's what like look at everything that Filoni does. And the, the the amount of attention it gets, and we've said it before, right? Doesn't matter to my mum, to the casual fan, whether or not it's Ilham or not. To the people that it does matter to, they're gonna go batshit over it, you know. So like, you have to use a planet anyway. You you have to. So why make one up? But then why pretend or why not say it? Why not just go? All it takes is a throwaway, you know. I remember, you know, whatever. I heard the Jedi used to come here to get the crystals, you know, on the Force Awakens at the top before the breaking in. You know, Han and Chewie speculating a conversation that they had with, with, with Luke. So a tiny throwaway sentence, people would have been going nuts. They but they don't stuff. think of crap like that. Yeah, yeah it, that's all it takes. Um, and this, again, this for me, sort of just to follow on the last comment set from, from the last story was um, really representative of the challenges that I think Star Wars faced in those 2016 through to like 2020 days. Um, in that they sort of didn't have the balls to do fan service fully. Whereas if they had done, it, w- it, it probably would have been better because at least the fans would have been like, right, all right, that stuff in The Rise of Skywalker was crap. However, they were pretty sweet little references, weren't they? You know, and we, 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 you and I spoke about it before, and it's probably going to come up. There's been a film recently that did a better job of the ending of Rise of Skywalker. It's a story, I think, for next week. Um, because people want fan service when they go see these things. You know, they, they, they need that. So to just reference it and to just mention it or to eat. they even had the scope in something like the last jedi to uh, you know to retcon some of the stuff and mention gail and urso and the fact that they were harvesting kyber crystals or that grievous was collecting lightsabers or that they were collecting the kyber crystals from um from the dead jedi during order 66 you could even retcon it so that you know the the emperor didn't just want to kill the jedi so there was no opposition but because he wanted the bloody kyber crystals there's so many little things that they could have done that they just went nah it'd be all right and it, it that's where marvel wins because it's obvious stuff but clichés are clichés for a reason because people really like them and that you know you could do so much more with this stuff yeah that's true man that's very true a lot of people complain about fan service stuff in films and TV, but I don't know. I think if it's done with, if it's done in the right way, then that can be a massive help to the film, not not a sort of cringy hindrance that it sometimes is. Mm. And uh, we spoke about this briefly the other day or last week about Ghostbusters, dude. In that, the fan servicey stuff in the new Ghostbusters film isn't in there because they want to try and attract old Ghostbusters fans and they feel like they have to hook on to something. It's in there because it, it's done with purpose as part of the story. So if you're going to, if you're going to drag out old proton packs and traps and Ecto one, then why not just go full whack with it and make it a massive fan servicey thing, but then That's also it. make it integral to the story. You know, you don't have to have this sort of roll your eyes moment in the cinema where it's like, ah. Oh, of course they were going to mention that. Why wouldn't they? You know, you could turn it around and make it a positive thing. So so that was a massive missed opportunity with this stuff, dude, throughout the whole sequel trilogy. It was like, just give the fans that cool stuff that they clearly want. They're clear. Like, Star Wars fans are not quiet. They're clearly telling you 
with you know with their, it. it's like they're clearly saying look this isn't great we want this but you're just like okay we know you want that but we think you don't so we win <laughs> well that's what's weird isn't it like if you think about the essence of fan service it's not called strangers service is it or <laughs> random person on the street service it's called fan service aka the people that will repeatedly go and watch a movie in the theater buy all your merchandise and make you the money that you've got to report to your boss. Do it classy, and they'll appreciate it just as much as if you do it trashy, but the people that aren't fans will also not have to rely upon it to enjoy what you've currently done. And that's the balance that you've just mentioned. You know, do it right, everyone benefits. And I don't know, just Star Wars seems to get it wrong. <laughs> apart from, again, apart from the bloody TV shows. Yeah, as I was going to say, they it seems it right. to, to get it wrong with, with the, the feature film stuff recently. Maybe that's why, dude, we've had this run of films just running into a dead end over the last couple of years, mm. you know. Because that's the same thing we mentioned earlier about these Disney Plus days where they announce all of this stuff. Um, and some of it doesn't, doesn't see, doesn't come to fruition. But with the films, they don't even get that far. It's just a, a mention in an interview somewhere. Like, oh, yeah, Ryan Johnson's still working on the, on the things. What is he working on? Thank you. Yeah, the films. He's working on the films. <laughs> you know, and that's that's clearly none of it's going anywhere. And I think that's the reason why. They're not getting that that balance, that tone right. And so the otherwise it's just a waste of more millions, potentially billions of dollars for fans just to go, it's pretty rubbish, isn't it? Just go back and watch The Mandalorian. Paid for Disney Plus, so I'll watch <laughs> that's it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. And <clears throat> people people really want um to feel like they are part of this as well. You know, so if you're sat in a theatre and you can nudge your mate and go, remember that TV show? Remember the TV show we watched? And, I, you know, that's the thing from the thing that we watched. That's what people like. That's what you do with, with the missus. That's what I do with the missus. It's like, oh, fucking hell, that's the thing. And they're like, oh, you know, oh, good. And you're just like, yeah, no, I don't know if you get it. That's the fucking thing. You know what I mean? So it, the, the people want to feel like they're part of that. And like you said, they want, you know, they're paying for the things like Disney Plus. They've got to, you know, I think in order for the films to really stand up moving forward, like they've got to just embrace the fandom and, 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 and not pander to them, like push the boundaries like they started to do in The Last Jedi, but, you know, do it with real and a real eye on fan service. Like there's so many ways that Last Jedi could have done what it did. And, and exiled a Jedi master without annoying the fan service, uh, the fandom, because, you know, there was pretty much the big dog Jedi master of all time that lived in exile for 20 years on a freaking swamp planet. Everyone was fine with that. You know, so it's, it's true, how true. you do that. Mm. Yeah. I hadn't thought of that. Old Yoda doing his thing in the swamp. Nobody cared. Yeah. It was like, oh, Yoda's, Freaking sweet, what a character. But he had a reason, didn't he? Like where Luke just got whiny. If Luke could have gone and just gone to Acto and Exile because he was putting he was maybe he was putting Leia at risk because he kept getting tracked through the force because suddenly Snoke was around, or if Ben Solo knew his every move and that was the reason he had to stay away from the rebellion. You know, not just because he was a whiny little oh, it's all gone wrong before. You know, it's it's not necessarily the story that they're telling, it's it's the detail that the threads between it that's that they're getting wrong. Mm -hmm. Calf, told you. Come round, yeah. We'll put the kettle on. 
It'll only take an hour, and you'll be fine. Not tell long. Bring a long. pen. Yeah. It's all up here, see? <laughs> Couple of things. Uh, Gareth, <laughs> questions? <laughs> <laughs> Some questions. <laughs> Anyways, we could talk for ages about that stuff, dude. we got to stop there. I know, man. That's another episode in itself. Maybe we'll do a special on that stuff, man. Oh, that yeah, yeah we should do. Let's go back to Ezra and Thrawn, specifically Thrawn, and how this might link into Ahsoka, things like that. Uh, you mentioned earlier that you've been reading the Thrawn books and the newer ones and the older ones and all that stuff. Anyway, the the uh, the most recent book uh, in the, the latest trilogy, so Thrawn, Ascendancy, Lesser Evil, uh, Timothy Zahn has gone back and retconned a little bit on the ending that we saw in Star Wars Rebels, where Ezra gets the big space whales to come and destroy the Thrawn's fleet, and then it all kicks off and they end up going through hyperspace somewhere, probably to the unknown regions together. And for ages, us and other Star Wars fans have been like, how are they going to bring these two characters back? Because the beauty and the, the obvious nature of not killing them is that they're out there somewhere, just ripe for storytelling, ripe to come mm. back into some book or TV show or film, whatever. And that was just it. So Rebels was left a little bit sort of up in the air, like those two had been uh, transported off somewhere, and that was it. We just haven't heard a bean about anything. So Timothy's on. He's gone through. He's got his notes out. He's like, oh, yeah. Yes, Kathy, don't worry. It's it's in. It's all in hand. You don't have to worry about all, it, yeah? All part of the plan. Yeah. Yeah. I don't tell you how to run that. You don't tell me how to do that. And even if you did... Probably wouldn't listen. So not because I'm scared of you, but give me three. Yeah, see if you need two more. Yeah, give me. Tell me five things you've done, Timothy. <laughs> give me three books. <laughs> see if you need any more. <laughs> yeah. Well, good. Yeah, that's only three. Well, whatever, <laughs> Timothy. Right. So, where was I going before the office references? Yes. So, Timothy Zahn has basically rewritten this a little bit, where instead of just those two having sort of uh, an uh, ambiguous kind of where what's happened. It's now like, well, the old, the old, the the original plan that Thrawn had anyway was that he was going to go back to his planet in the mm. unknown regions anyway. So that was always his plan. And as they were going through um, uh, hyperspace or whatever, um, those two joined forces a little bit and used this kind of technique, which the Chiss call. I don't know if this is intendedly obvious, but they call this method skywalking. So that's a little bit uh, weird. But anyway, it's basically around a force technique where, you know, you can navigate um, uh, the unknown regions and get rid of, get around all the hazards and all, all that stuff. So initially it was a case of, well, Thrawn was just this dude that was captured, but then he, you know, he kind of impressed the emperor a little bit and he was able to climb the ranks and all that stuff. Timothy Zahn has written it as um, the Chiss implanted Thrawn intentionally within the Empire mm. to see what it was up to. And his plan all along was to come back anyway and all that stuff. So what do you reckon, sister? It's a little bit of a change of plan, but it could it could still it could still work, I think. Oh, I'm, I'm in no way surprised by this. Um, but I, I actually really like it. because This is why I was so fascinated by this version of Thrawn, this newer canon version of the character because that 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 from the first page when he appears to the empire on the planet that he's quote unquote exiled to he's like taking him apart you know he's like ninjutsu style you know batman 
uh, you know, he's, he's handing their ass to them. Um, and he always does that. He's always doing that throughout all of this. He knows that Anakin's Vader, you know, they've been on missions together. They bumped into each other during the Clone Wars, blah, blah, blah. Um, which there's a couple of little moments. I talked about it before where you get the earlier, there's one moment in the original trilogy, which is a, a flashback. And then because this newer trilogy is set in the past, you get that from a different angle, but it's the present in this trilogy. You get it from a different perspective. Um, which is, which is badass. So they've really planned this out really nicely. So this doesn't surprise me. Um, and what they seem to be doing as well with the Chiss and the, even the High Republic, every every ver- every version of a, a set of people in the current Star Wars canon has a way of navigating hyperspace. And only the, re- only the galaxy that we know, the Republic, the Empire, and anyone else within it, um, sorry, only the Republic and the Empire, because they're the same, um, have the technology to navigate hyperspace. Whereas the Nihil and the Chiss use people. Um, so they use the Santecas with the Nihil, they use the, the Skywalkers, these really protected people um, who seem to lose their ability to navigate at like post-Padawan age, which is interesting. Um, <clears throat> so... This doesn't surprise me at all, but I never thought of that angle of maybe maybe they had to join forces to escape the unknown regions because Thrawn probably intended to go back or maybe intended to go back, but not like that on the back of a freaking whale. You know, he was like, oh shit, I need a ship. And, you know, I, I need a, a ship that can work and, and I need some, some tech to be able to do it. I like this idea that we might find Ezra and, you know, Ahsoka dives in with Sabine and they're like, don't worry, we got you. We got you. And he's, you know, let's kill Thrawn or let's capture him. And he's just like, no, nah, hang fire. We're all right now. <laughs> We're all right. We've sorted it because we've done 20 years of this. And in the books as well, he sends Eli back, um, Ensign Eli to, to, to the Chiss Ascendancy as well to, act, you know, to send talent back. So I don't know. This is actually quite interesting. I feel like it's setting up a lot of other stuff. This is a clear to me, an Ahsoka setup and or another trilogy set up. Um, what is also fascinating is whether they're not, you know, whether or not they're going to do the, who's running the empire. We know that, um, Ray Sloan is around. We know that, um, like Gallius Rax has been killed and all these people that were part of the, the, the like aftermath stuff. The empire is in a little bit of disarray. Like are they, cause they, they had to retreat to the unknown regions to build the first order, but was Thrawn doing that as well? Or was he going back to the unknown regions just because that's where he lives. Like how yeah. close is it tied to the first order? Like there's, this opens a lot, man. It looks like a quick retcon, but actually it opens a lot of decision-making. Um, you know, does he, does he see the power vacuum? Oh crap. It's been 20 years. The, the emperor's gone or whatever. It's been five years, six years, which is when he disappeared, but the emperor's gone. Wait a minute. This looks like the Empire fleet. Maybe they need a Grand Admiral. Maybe I should do that and try and bring the Chiss. You know, let's maybe bring the fleet to the Chiss and the Chiss can suddenly have power in the galaxy. Um, Like where that stands is interesting to me. Is it going to be like the old legends where he's the Admiral of the Empire or is it going to be something else that's sort of like that, but not? Um, That fascinates me, dude, especially then, final to finish up on that, when you consider... They've just brought back Wayland and Mount Tantis. They've got the cloning facilities. They've got the Bad Batch going on with the clones. They've got um, the cloning stuff that was going on in the Mandalorian with Grogu and all that stuff. There's enough of legends in there, but this opens it right up for me, man. I think it's fascinating, this. 
Yeah, it's a much better vehicle to bring Thrawn and the Chiss into other other things. Mm. And on the back of that, it also um, opens up the door to other legend stuff. Absolutely, man. It's it's one of those things that we spoke about earlier. Like you, like Gaz, how do you um how do you differentiate in your mind between canon and legends and stuff? And I think Thrawn is that key player because he's that's like the the blurred line in the middle for me is Thrawn mm. because he was such a big popular character within the EU stuff for years. He was it, it's only recently in the last few years that he's made that uh, progression into proper quote unquote canon with you know the the Timothy's arm books and Star Wars Rebels. But if that's going to work with doing something like that with Thrawn, then there's absolutely no reason why you can't like the characters you just mentioned, why you can't bring them in as well and mm. that stuff. So that's the first thing. It's a massive opportunity. Much better than just those two disappearing off in the unknown regions and there'll be a comic, you know, that just addresses a little bit of that. This is like a massive this is a TV show on its own in yeah. some respects, you know. And then the other thing, like you said, it's very, very cool to explore the relationship between Ezra and Thrawn because they're definitely, after they've, you know, hitched a ride on the whale and they're off somewhere, they're definitely still together somewhere. They somehow put their differences aside. And like you said, it's like, no, he's all right. We had beef, but now we've helped each other a little bit. There's a bit of common ground, a bit of respect, mm. mutual respect. And, you know, so don't kill him. You know, and then that opens up that whole, you know, it's just good old fashioned storytelling. That's the good old fashioned. How do you explore the dynamic between two people that hate each other, but now I've got to work together. It's like the A team sort of thing. So that could be awesome, dude. Yeah, really good. Yeah, I, I agree. It's, it, it becomes a really interesting um, way of bringing something that's unexpected and it's, it can be a little bit cliched, you know, Ezra's, you know, Ezra's been turned to the dark side as he, you know, what side is he on? And black, you know, that there can be a little gray area there. Like, why does it, have, and that links to the Luke Skywalker's of why does it have to be? And even the Kylo Ren stuff, why does it have to be light side and dark side? You know? So <clears throat> there's a lot in that to unpack. There's a lot of opportunity and I'm interested. I'm interested by that. Um, especially when you consider that Han Solo and Leia Organa Solo and, and and Luke Skywalker, they're still around. It's not like the sequel trilogy. They're still around. Mm. So you get this big Grand Admiral back and you get this force, this other force user that's presumably quite powerful at this point, you know, six, seven years later. Um, how does that play out? How does it, how does Ahsoka feel about, you know, oh no, someone else might fall to the dark side. Can't let another one go there's a lot to it, man. I think that's all we need to say on that. Yeah, I could keep talking about that for ages, but yeah, fascinated by that. I think it's a really interesting, very small move. And to be honest, based on the books, uh, the current trilogy, it's not a surprise at all because they were just trying to get him out. Like, mm, you can yeah. see it a mile off. They're like, we can't kill the guy. We can't, we're, we're clearly not going to exile him and just never use him because he's way too talented for that. So, but how do we get the best of both worlds? Send him on a spy mission. <laughs> Let's have, let's James Bond it. Be great. Yeah, get him out of our hair for twenty years. Yeah, yeah, that could be cool, man. And you can see why um, the story group and the people they draft in to write and direct this stuff—it's like equal mm. amounts, just amazing material to work with. Equal amounts pressure because we've just spoken through a few potential scenarios. But if you can imagine the 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 money that's riding on this stuff to make it a success, it's like it's a pretty tough job. 
we cast them quite yeah. a lot, but it's pretty tough. Yeah. It's not easy. Now, do you think we'll get yeah. some other casting? Do you think we'll... Uh... Do you think we'll see some other stuff? Do you think we're going to get an Ezra? Do we think we're going to get a Captain Rex? Like, how far do you think we're going to go? Yeah, we'll get an Ezra, I think, dude. Like season two of Ahsoka. Like the cliffhanger to season one will be um, Thrawn and Ezra. And then season two, it'll be all about them and Ahsoka. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's just what I think. Yeah, what about you? Yeah, same. Can remember when you said this was going to be a short episode and it's like 56 minutes in? Yeah, yeah. That's hilarious. That's your fault. No, it's not. Absolutely your fault. <laughs> I could see, I could see the little glint in his, uh, it, listener, when I said that, Mark's little face was it. just like, yeah, yeah, you say <laughs> this is going to be a short show, I'll show you. I'm going to talk I'll about everything you. now. I'll learn you. I'll learn you. <laughs> we are going to finish up on one more story though. This is a, a quirky little, quick little thing. Adam Driver, he's been in news a lot recently. Nothing of importance though, strangely. This is just Star Wars fandom and Star Wars stars in general but he's on the promo tour at the minute doing this uh house of gucci i think it's called tv series or film that he's in and he's been doing it for a week or so and every time he goes to a new interview they talk about the thing he's promoting but then as always they get around to star wars and they quiz him about it this was on radio one here in the uk and they asked him have you ever nicked anything from film sets basically have you got any nice little collection at home and he basically was 100% honest he was just like yeah I've got loads of stuff (laughs) he was like yeah I I (laughs) literally take something from every film that I've been in which is amazing and he says I've got a helmet for sure I've got two helmets actually and a lightsaber and I've got stuff from the dead don't die and every movie I take something and then he went on to say that I wear helmets when I drive just to confuse people so I we (laughs) assume he's talking about stormtrooper helmets this is not a weird um, sexual thing that Adam Driver ah. could be into, but we don't know. We don't care. We don't want to know. But this is kind of cool, dude. An absolute respect for this because if you were talking to him in years to come, you're like, well, show us your Star Wars stuff then. You must have taken something. And he was like, no, I didn't want to upset anyone. Yeah. Be like, You'd be gutted, wouldn't you? Yeah, he'd be like, you idiot. <laughs> you idiot. So anyway, yeah, this is cool. He's got at least a lightsaber and a couple of Stormtrooper helmets. I reckon he's got more. Defo. Well, what's funny about this is he's having a little whine about Comic-Con, wasn't he? I'm sticking an helmet on. I don't want to put an helmet on. And then like a year later, he's like, fucking, I'm getting that helmet. I want that helmet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he's got what, do you, <laughs> what do you want, Adam Driver? Do you want a helmet or do you not want a helmet? And if you do come back to Comic-Con, are you bringing your own or do I need to get you one? Make your mind up. <laughs> yeah, because now the cat's out the bag. It's like, well, we know you've got some stuff. Yeah. Like, do you want to bring that yeah, with yeah, you yeah. or not? He's like, oh. Are you bringing your own? He's like, no, I might lose it. It's not insured. No, it's a stolen helmet. Also, the other thing that always freaks me out about this stuff, man, is like the legality of it. This is how much of a pussy I am. So <laughs> I'm like, what? You know, if I say that I've stolen something from the film that I was in, like, is that illegal? I, I don't know. Is that illegal? Is someone going to come after me for this? Do you know what, dude? That's so true. It's like, I don't know. The, I don't know the rules on that stuff. I mean, technically it's theft, right? Because, well, you'd think so, wouldn't you? Because you see it like every single film protects itself and it's like all of this stuff is property of Lucasfilm. Yeah. And I don't think your contract as an actor just gives you the right to willy-nilly like, oh, I'll just, I'll <laughs> have that, thanks. Like a like a van turns up. It's like, who's this is van? It's like Adam Driver, like, that's mine. I'm just going to load this film set in for my back garden and all of this stuff. You don't mind, do you? So you can't obviously <laughs> be blatant like that. You can't just truck off with all the stuff, but... I don't know, cheeky little lightsaber. That is technically theft, but yeah, who, who's going to say anything? Who, who Kathy? Is she going to say something? No. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? And also, you got. It's not like they're going. What did you take from Star Wars? A set. 
<laughs> Do you know what I mean? An X-Wing. Like literally yeah. an X-Wing. I took it. It's not costing him under a grand, is it? <laughs> you know, it's like, imagine like Qui-Gon told Liam Neeson, what did you take from Star Wars? Well, I took that communicator, you know, that we did the midichlorians on. Oh, you mean the razor, the Gillette ladies razor, right? <laughs> well, you can have that one because that's not a hundred grand piece. But then if someone went, what do you take? Like Mark Hamill wondered, what do you take from uh, Empire? Yoda. Right. <laughs> Could probably do with that one, but you know. <laughs> yeah, we've been looking for that. So thanks. We thought he said he swore he didn't have it. I said he had it. He thought I had it. And then honestly, Dave, he was pissed because he thought it was in his loft. But he didn't want to get in the loft because he hates getting in the loft. It's not insulated properly. Turns out you've had it all the time. Bring it back. I wonder if, I wonder if you have to be sneaky though, because especially these days, there are so like thousands of people that are involved in the production mm. and there's a team dedicated to props and making sure they're all yeah. as they should be. And like that. What would you do? Like, what's that over there? Turn around in the pocket. What? Oh, nothing. I thought I saw. I thought I saw Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> he moves real slow, so just carry on turning around for a while. As you What's just... that in your pocket? <laughs> nothing. Are you sure? Looks like a TIE fighter. Well, Looks like a lightsaber to me. No, I'm just happy to see you. Happy to see you, Dave. All right, Dave. Here he is again. Well, that's a good place to put a pin in that. <laughs> Absolutely, man, yeah. Adam Driver, though, respect for actually just taking it in the first place and then just having, just being blasé, like, yeah, I took it. I absolutely 100% took it. Stole it. Yeah, come at me. Taxed. Yeah, tax-free. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, we will stick a pin in there, dude. That's uh, episode 135. It's been, it's been great to talk to you, dude, about Star Wars. As we mentioned at the beginning, I don't like doing it on my own. I don't mind it, but, you know, it's yeah. better with you. It is better, isn't it, to have a bit of bants than that, I have to admit. Yeah, because I just end up waxing lyrical on my solo ones. And, you know, like we said before, like, I'm a little bit more just rant on about something. You're more like, I'll still do the news, but don't have the funny man to go at, you know. Mm. I get yeah. it. I, I, like a straight I, man. I get the feeling that <laughs> our listener, when they've listened to the end of my show, they're like... Right, I need to go and have some jelly beans and some sugar to mm. wake myself up. I feel like when they listen to the end of your one, they're like, I need to go and get the boxing, the boxing bag out of the garage and, mm. and box some anger out because he was pissed about something. I was always angry about was something. Pissed. Nah, like Doomcock. Don't you? <laughs> He's always pissed. Don't wake up old graves. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways... <laughs> That what? was episode 135. Star Wars. Kennedy's leaving. <laughs> Listener, thank you very much for coming back to another week and listening to our show. If you've just discovered our show, then welcome to Spark of Rebellion. This is a sort of yeah, you've seen the vibe, chilled out. Yeah, this is what you can expect from this podcast. We talk about never, Star never had a boss like this. <laughs> we talk about Star Wars approximately 65 percent of the time, which is great. And uh, if you've just discovered us, then welcome. Make sure you follow us on whatever podcast app you're listening to your podcast on because we release a new show every Saturday. So make sure you follow us. Uh, or if you head over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash listen, you can link off to all of the popular networks and apps and stuff and you can grab our show from there or head over to sparkofrebellion.com. They're all there to listen to for free. And if you want to get in contact with us on the socials and chat Star Wars throughout the week, then you can do that on Twitter and Instagram. So sparkofrebellion.com forward slash Twitter and forward slash Instagram. 
And if you like the show a bit more than that and you want to support us and you like what we do, then join our other patrons and do that over on our Patreon. So that's sparkofrebellion.com forward slash Patreon. You can jump on from a dollar onwards and grab yourself some SOR swag and whatnot. And we really appreciate the support from our current guys. Thank you so much for your continued support. It's very awesome. Thank you very much. Until next time, dude. Good. I thought you were going to say something else. All right. Well, we're going to say, like, until next time, dude. Uh, it's been fun, like, but it's cool. I'll take it. I'll pick it up from there. Uh, yes. <laughs> been a great session. Enjoyed it. And uh, see you next week. Same back time. Same back channel. Love that. Oh, love that. Tune in next time for that stuff. Yeah, anyway, we'll see you next time. Until then, please stay safe, stay healthy, and may the force be with you always. <laughs>